Welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast, where you get the latest strategies for starting, growing, and accelerating your digital marketing business. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike and Mike. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fleischner, here with a very special guest today, Greg Pelletieri. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good, Mike. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. But before we jump into this episode, I definitely want to remind all the listeners out there to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And of course, hit that like button for this episode and share a comment. Your support is always appreciated. All right. So now it's time to jump in. We've got an amazing guest for you today. Greg Pelletieri is a former banker, currently co-founder and CEO of Bundlefy, a financial technology and marketing company that helps community banks and credit unions increase new customer acquisition at low cost. Bundlefy is also here to help educate consumers about the value of banking with a local community financial institution and the importance of financial inclusion. Helping build and uplift communities is at the top of Bundlefy's core values. Greg, I am so excited to have you here. A lot of people haven't been exposed to really what you've exposed me to, which is the role of marketing when it comes to community banks and credit unions. So can you lead us off and just talk a little bit about maybe how you got into this business, how you started BundleFi, and really what your mission is around helping these community banks? Sure. I mean, um, so I was a former banker, and I saw that there was a huge disconnect for community banks and credit unions in the digital marketing space specifically. Marketing for them wasn't awesome, even in the traditional sense. It was always tough for them to market their products and getting to the right consumers. So the digital platforms, though, kind of create a easier marketplace, at least to enter. And then through some sophistication, you know, especially what we do at Bumblefy, you can expand your markets and go and compete with the big boys, you know, the Chases, the Citibanks, the Bank of Americas that are out there. But I always saw an opportunity for community banks and credit unions to get a better understanding and better use from the digital marketplace. So that's really where the founding came from. You know, and I just will say that's kind of the banking side of the equation. The other importance is for us is the consumer side, and that's getting the right messaging to those consumers, make having them understand or helping them understand how community banks and credit unions help their individual neighborhoods, their towns, their cities on a very large scale. Can we explore that a little bit, Greg? Because I think one of the things that was so amazing to me is just how pervasive community banks and credit unions are. Usually when you say a bank, people think of, you know, the Wells Fargo's and, you know, the TDs and PNCs and like these huge mega banks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even though they're really what we see in terms of like advertising and marketing, there are a lot of community banks and credit unions out there. There's a ton of them. The top five, or maybe a little more than that now, they make up 5% of the total banking market, but they also been able to capture about 80, 85% of the available deposit. And they do that because they became masters at, at marketing and getting to 
you know, uh, communities that they've really wanted to dive into, you know, and they especially got into the small business side. And what a lot of the brands have done is they made it look like a luxury brand and make people feel like, oh, if you don't bank with Chase or Bank of America or Citibank, you're not kind of in the cool club. And they were masters at, at, at getting that done. Now, I think as time went by here, especially after 2008, uh, this is kind of prior to 2008. So about uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, when the financial markets started collapsing, and it was really those mega banks that led the way for you know, big financial trouble, they, I think the consumers started looking at mega banks again and saying, wait a second, <laughs> we trusted these institutions, and now look what's happening. Because it was those monsters that were really uh, you know, having a lot of the foreclosures and and a lot of the tightening of credit from those big banks. At the same time, the smaller banks were able to still lend money. Now, the government did put restraints on them, but they were still out there making sure their communities had enough money and making sure they were able to survive. So I think from a general standpoint, people don't understand how big the community bank and credit union market is, but it's enormous. And just because their names aren't on ballparks and, and you don't see them every other commercial doesn't mean that they don't have a huge influence in the country, which, which they do. And that's where they're really getting better at taking technology that was built by some of these mega banks and using it for their own advantage. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that surprised me a great deal when we started talking, Greg, which was this idea, not idea, this fact that community banks and credit unions they offer not only the same products as many or most of these mega banks, but you get better rates, better service, like they're better in, in so many different ways. And I'm curious to really pick your brain during this episode on the marketing piece of that, because I feel sure. like maybe some credit unions in particular, I know when near us, Affinity, they do a fantastic marketing job, right? They're everywhere local. They're at the ball games. They're you know they have flags at the ball games, and they they're in the paper, and they're advertising on bill like they're everywhere. But then I go to other places within the state, and I know there are credit unions there because I drive past them. But it's almost like they're not doing any marketing. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, and I know in our, in our uh, business discussions we talk about this a lot. Marketing is not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. The problem is a lot of the institutions that have been around for a while are still trying to do their marketing like they did, and it's simply because it fits into their financial model. The issue is that if you have two credit unions right next door to each other, one's doing traditional marketing and one's going more of a digital route, the digital institution is going to always beat the traditional one. You get to a lot more people. You get the meshes across to them in a much more holistic way. You know, you can only put so much in a print ad. If I get you to my website, though, mm -hmm. I can get you tons of information, more information than you're ever going to want mm -hmm. um, about banking or finance or wh whatever it happens to be. So utilizing the digital methods is much more cost effective. Now, that's not to say that it's not that there's no expense to it, because mm -hmm. no matter how you do this, there's going to be expense. Now, if you go out as a community bank and credit union and have a spend of X amount of dollars for, for digital marketing and don't know what you're doing, you're going to burn through the money really quick mm -hmm. and you're not going to get any ROI. 
So if you what needs to be done a lot of the time is to go to outside company, Bumblefy, of course, for example. But doing it in-house is great for Chase Bank of America and Citibank because they have nine-figure marketing budgets. They can make <laughs> they can make a fifty million dollar mistake and still and still make money off their investment. Smaller institutions can't do that. Now the trick is to get that cost as low as possible and to get experts in there that can do that. The only way to really do that is to go to an outside or third party to help you. Now, Greg, one of the things we've talked about on on this show, the Digital Freelancers podcast, is really thinking about many different facets of marketing, but having a plan, knowing what the, we call it the tip of the spear is. Mm -hmm. You know, what are those handful of marketing tactics that are really going to drive the lion's share of potential customers to your business? And I know the digital tool set, digital marketing tool set is huge. But I guess my question is, do you find that in the banking space, specifically the market that you're serving, are there some specific tools that marketers look for when it comes to lead generation? And maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I think it would be good to take a step back and just explain for banks what marketing means. Like, Ultimately, how do they know if it's successful? Is it people walking through their doors? Is it people taking out a loan? So let's start there. What what is successful marketing look like? And then the follow-on would be, what are some of the tools that banks are using today to really drive their marketing results? To the first part of the question, it is difficult for a financial institution to kind of figure out their ROI. And here's the reason why. The checking account is the most important part of their marketing effort. So getting someone in, whether it be digital or in person, doesn't really matter, and getting that person to open that checking account, that's the very beginning part of that relationship. Now, the trick for them is to expand that relationship over the course of a, could be a significant amount of time, could be over the course of six months, could be over the course of a year, could be over the course of seven years. So if you're, I think you would have, significant drop off at at those points. But say you take from one year out to four years out, that customer in the first year is probably not going to be very profitable for you, if profitable at all. Second year, you get a little more, third third year, a little more. And then fourth year, now it's a profitable customer and we're making a lot of money off of it. So for a large portion of the market, it kind of depends on what cycle of if they're looking for deposits or if they're looking to get money out into people's pockets via loans or credit card, whatever it may be, depends kind of where they are in that cycle. But for the most part, they're always going to be looking for that new deposit. The new deposit is going to lead them to be able to lend more money. It's going to give them a bigger customer base to lend to. You know, uh, Most people go to get their mortgage wherever they have their checking account, unless they're using a broker. But if they're going directly to a financial institution, you're not going to bank with some, you know, with Chase and then when you want a mortgage, go over to Wells Fargo. No one's doing that. And it's the same thing in the community banking world. They're going to go to wherever they have their checking account. That's what brings the value of that checking account. That's what makes the checking account so valuable is that they know that that consumer is going to come to them. It's like um, the gateway drug. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. And it's a real sticky product. So now once you get in you're, you're going to want to cross-sell that customer products that is not going to cost the customer anything, but it's going to make them a happier 
more developed customer, right? So the debit card, the the financial institutions app, app, you know, uh, smartphone app, things like that. You want to get them as a regular user of those technologies, and especially on the debit card side, you want to get them using that immediately so that they get used to. You want to get them to set their direct deposit up into their new account. If they're getting paid by an employer, you want that money to go into that account. Wherever they're getting their income from every month, you want to, you want to get it into your account. You do that by two things. You get it, do it by asking them to change it to that account and by giving them convenience products that's going to make it simpler for them to use that institution. Now, there was a second part to your original question, which I, yeah. I went off on a tangent and I can't remember what it was. Sure. It was really around just from a marketing perspective, what are some of the ways that banks use digital marketing to drive leads to their business? So, you know, the the word lead can mean a lot of things to a financial institution. You know, Bundlefy is is a great example of how we can go to the market, find consumers that are looking for the products for a specific institution or for a product that your institution offers, ask them a few questions, get those questions answered before they even show up to you as a lead or a new account. We know a bunch of stuff about the consumer. Then we say to the institution, here's the consumer's information. They opened an account or they were going to open an account with you. You lost them somewhere. Reach out to them. Feed your marketing machine. It is worth the time to go through to get it back into some kind of remarketing campaign internally. So taking the kind of traditional way of going out and knocking on doors and and getting new accounts that way, we're going to knock on the doors for you. We're going to find those consumers. We're going to feed you the information. Now, the best case scenario is that they open an account digitally before you even have to talk to them. Worst case scenario is someone from a branch or a sales office or whatever it happens to be has to call the consumer and say, listen, we know you started an application. Are you still interested in that account? If no, okay, here's my here's my information in the future. I'm going to email you once in a while. If yes, okay, let's get the let's get this started. So there is you're never going to be able to completely eliminate sales. What we can do is we make a sale a lot easier. At Bundlefy, this is what we do. We make the sale easier and we make you have all the information at your fingertips. You know who you're going to speak to, what they were interested in, what they look like as a customer for your institution. The other thing is huge for these institutions using a very robust CRM so that they can keep track of these people, you know, whether whether it's Salesforce or any of the other one, one of the Pfizer ones, whatever it happens to be. They are able to capture the inf- information, know who their target is, and go through that information and find those people. Because there's tons of people every day looking to open a checking account. If you're not getting to them right away, you're going to miss them. You want to stay on top of whatever lead or prospect is coming. It's not because a person is more than just a lead. It should be more than just a lead to it. Should it should lead bring you to a bigger relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So using a lot of those technologies that are out there that have existed for a while that have been perfected by some of the big institutions, they did a really, really good job at doing a lot of this. I'm not saying follow them to the T, but follow the lead that they were able to make for everybody in the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, so we see a lot of the utilization, especially on the CRM side. The banks, institutions love their uh, CRMs. We you see it a lot. We're able to plug right into them and, and deliver data directly into them. So that's a, a huge mm-hmm. benefit that we have. 
But yeah, so I think, you know, using a, a product like Bundlefy that gets you to the consumer and then having a way to track that consumer through their journey internally is, is the two huge um, parts of the equation. And Greg, I know because I'm familiar with you and Bundlefy, I know you use a lot of sophisticated online marketing, digital marketing, retargeting, mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. When you're interacting with new clients, new customers, is it a challenge to educate them and kind of bring them along with the pay for performance type models? And, you know, at, to what extent is education an essential part of your sales process and your delivery process for, I guess, marketing managers at banks? I don't know who you're typically yeah. working with. And, and it runs the game. It could be from the CEO to you know the vice president of sales for the institution. It really depends on how they're running this. But we are very aware of budget problems when it comes to marketing for a lot of these uh, institutions. Our model here is we have two models. One is much more efficient. Our membership subscription model is much more efficient than the pay per action model, kind of pay for a lead, pay for an account, that kind of thing. The membership is we keep very low cost. We let you, you know, we kind of work with the institution to decide where they're, where they're, the best branches of their institution are going to um, have the best bang for their buck. So we look at all that information. We analyze their market. Then we say, okay, we know digitally this is what we're going to be able to do, or this is the number we're going to shoot for. This branch that's out in this very rural area, we're not, we're not going to deal with. So we have to educate them on understanding how these things work in general is a big part of the education and getting them to understand that there is no such thing as acquiring a new customer for free. I don't care how you're doing it. It doesn't matter to me how you're going. You know, you can tell me you have the best salesperson in the world. Well, you're paying them something to do that. They're not doing it for free, right? So understanding that there's definitely going to be a cost to it. We, you know, we have very aggressive pricing because we want to get the uh, community financial institution world is so important to us. We want everybody, as, as many institutions as possible to be on the platform. So we keep our pricing very, very fair. And having them understand that they're probably not going to have the right people internally to handle this for them. That's the other thing. You know, we see this a lot. We see a lot of, oh, we have this person that does that for us internally. And, uh, you know, my head kind of is full. I'm like, how long has this person been doing this, you know? Or we have this company and we, we have a monthly spend of $5,000 and um, that's what we spend on digital marketing. My question is always, you know, what's the ROI? Are you tracking what's coming through? What are you getting out of that? How are you differentiating what's coming through? And they usually have no idea uh, on any of that. The other, you know, one of the biggest things for us is making them, having, helping them understand that we're very data rich. So we know who to target, we know how to target them, and then we're going to share that information with you, uh, with the institution, so that we can educate them as we go along and and help them help us be better at finding their target consumer. Um, so education plays a huge part in this every day that we're, we're constantly on calls with institutions trying to get them to understand what we can add to it and what they've been missing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's so unique about you. Obviously, there are other companies out there doing it as well. But specifically in this space, 
I feel like you're really creating some awareness and elevating the understanding of the marketing discipline with a lot of these contacts, people that you're doing business with. And that's specifically because of this traditional model versus the new model. And I think yeah. you guys are, are experts at really using data to drive marketing. And this is something that really only, it's very difficult to do it for an individual institution. They just don't have enough data. So we have data for almost every state, the exclusion of Hawaii and Alaska. And actually, I think we did run Hawaii for a little while at one time. But excluding those two, we have huge amounts of information on each one of the states. And it is very important to understand who the consumer is for the community banks. If you have a three, four, or five branch institution, you're just not going to have enough data to even put together a model. And that's one of what we've become very, very good at is taking the data that we're able to um, acquire from the market, take that data, squish it down, break it down, look at it, you know, from every possible angle and say, okay, this is the targets that we're looking at. These are the people that are converting the best. And I mean, I'll give you a quick example. We had a um, customer just recently that had um, two different branches and one branch that they were running with us had, I, I want to say it was such a low conversion rate that they were seeing come through. I think it was maybe two or 3%. And I, I was shocked when they told me, I said, we can't have that. If it's under 10%, we really don't, we're doing something very wrong. And then she said to me, yeah, but the odd thing is we have this other branch that had a conversion rate of like 40, between 35 and 40%. And I said, okay, so these are the things that are super important for us to know. Uh, you got to let us know this a lot quicker. Uh, this was, I don't know, a few months out that we were running wow. this institution. And I said, so what we need to do is we need to make some changes internally and make that 35, 40% turn into 45, 50%. And then we're really talking, right? And then you don't even care about the other branch. The other branch yeah. can be a service for customers that they've had for years, and that's fine. But you're making it up in this branch. You know, it's not just us educating the answer. Well, I guess that is because they didn't know the data was important to us. Mm. So I said, yeah, it's mm -hmm. you, you know, it's, it's awesome data to have. We need to have that data so that we can squish that back into the algorithms and, and take a look at what we can come up with. Us educating the institution and the institution educating us on what they're seeing. They don't have the, they usually don't have the most sophisticated systems in the back end working. So we have to help them pixel tracking and, and getting those fires back and, and mm -hmm. seeing when applications were completed and things along those lines. The only thing that we can't help with is account funding. I can, I can get someone into your application. I can get someone that's interested, that's clearly looking to open a new checking account. I can't get them to fund the account. Though. That, that's that's always a sticking point. I would love to help them get the account funded. And we have some things coming out that will help do that. Some projects that we're working on, which in the next few months, we'll be able to say to the institutions, okay, we can also help you get the account funded because we have this methodology of doing it. But education from both sides is very important. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important too, Greg. You're talking about this fundamental marketing principle that we often forget about, which is... There is prospecting and then there's cultivating existing customers. Mm -hmm. And those are two great ways to grow your business. And I know you teased it here. We're going to have to have you back to talk about 
what Bundlefy is working on because it's a uh, yeah, well, you're, you're in on this a little bit. So <laughs> you know, it's a secret. We can't talk about it yet. Uh, but we have some really cool stuff coming out and you know it's going to be super exciting. And not only for Bundlefy, but for the market. And once uh, once we're ready, to, once we can... Once I can speak about that openly, we'll we'll be more than happy to do that and get that information out there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, of course. So just to kind of go back to kind of the what I call before, during, and after marketing. The before mm-hmm. and during marketing is really getting them to open those checking accounts and you know get through the door. And then you know I wonder how much of what you're doing, specifically around educating and really teaching your clients how to become better marketers, how to use data, how to use insights, how to use everything that digital gives you in terms of tagging and retargeting. I wonder how much of that is ultimately spilling over into growing existing accounts and improving how they talk to customers, how they position themselves. I still feel like there's probably like a Chinese wall there the Great Wall of China, mm-hmm. and people see it as as two separate and distinct marketing initiatives. Yeah, you know. So first of all, I hope that utilizing any of the methodologies that we use, they're able to increase their um, or I guess cross sell their existing customer base, which is I think one of the easier ways to really get into a customer is to just get it start with just talking with them. Uh, understanding who they are. Some of them have been, you know, could you can have a customer in a in a portfolio that's been there for ten years that no one has talked to. Yeah. Um, that you know they may have you know a, another hundred grand on another bank that they can move over to you, but no one's ever asked them for it. So get on the phone, start talking to these people. Mm-hmm. I just want to get back to one thing that you had mentioned is the the um, really from the cross sell standpoint. We have a system that not every institution uses, but we, it's available for them to use, part of the package basically, that they're able to go into and we'll automate some of the marketing for them. So meaning that someone opens an account, they'll see it in their core usually and see if that account's been opened. And then we have a little just yes or no buttons on a, on a, on a um, kind of a CRM, but more of a, a marketing CRM. And the button will say, you know, uh, yes, they opened an account. No, they didn't, or follow-up needed is actually three bucks. If yes, the account was open, as they click that, we will immediately send a SMS to the consumer and say, hey, congratulations, you opened this new account. Let's get you going on your debit card. And then, you know, let's get you going on setting up the online bank, downloading the application, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It makes it easier for the person that's handling the, the consumers that are coming to them it makes it easier for them to just click a button real quick. And and as all these things are happening, the banker is getting a message back saying, the consumer completed this step, moved to the next step, mm-hmm. we're sending an SMS. And all they're doing is, is clicking a button. It's, mm-hmm. very, it's very simple. That's where we can help them. And once they have that robust customer and they have all of those, those you know, the, the checking account plus three products, or pro- however many that that institution is trying to engage the consumer with, now they can have a better conversation with this person and start having a better understanding of how they are, um, what their financial picture looks like, and their and whatever additional cross sells. Mortgage is a big cross sell. Maybe they own a business. Maybe they own a business you didn't even know about, and you want that business account. 
Uh, maybe their spouse owns a business. Maybe their child, uncle, whatever it happens to be. Start talking to them. Ask them if so, if you or anybody in your family owns a business. Because the only way you're going to – and this isn't – no one's offended by this kind of mm-hmm. question. Yeah, it's a yes or no question. It's not going to hurt anyone's feelings. And you will see an increase in deposit by in, – an increase in cross-sell and deposit by just doing those simple things. It's amazing what you learn when you actually start a conversation with a customer. Absolutely. <laughs> so on that note, Greg, we do have to wrap, but I want to thank you so much, Greg Pelletieri. You have been amazing. Uh, Bundlefy is an incredible company, and we're excited to see what you guys are coming out with soon. Again, this is the Digital Freelancers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fleischner, and we'll see you next time. Take care, Mike. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button for this podcast and share your favorite episode with other freelancers.